This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Homesdale Radio Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.holradio.net and is actually using the step toe and some music. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm your host once again as we take our first look at All Things Palace for the first time in 2016. Repetition of the word first there, that's not very good, is it? Uh, today saw this, the year start in the worst possible fashion with a comprehensive 3 0 defeat at Zellers Park against champions Chelsea. Goals from Oscar, Willian, and Costa saw off a weakened Palace team in poor conditions. We'll also be looking at fullbacks in our ultimate 25-man squad as current England right-back Nathaniel Klein is up for debate. We may or may not resolve our Dougie conundrum from last time at all. Helping me dissect this travesty are Nick Gillard. Uh. Yep. <laughs> Jell Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Wetswick O'Quiner. Hello from Beckenham. Yeah. And <laughs> Terence Ford. Uh, hello. Very late sub today, Terence. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel like there's lots I need to dismiss from comments on Twitter from a lot of overreacting douchebags. So I felt like I I needed to come on. Brilliant. Play. I look forward to that. And anyway, and we also want to hear from you, you at home as well. You can tweet at HOL Radio with your views or head to holradio.net forward slash contact to get in touch in a variety of other ways. And of course, there's also the chat room at holradio.net forward slash chat. We'll be right back after this jingly interlude. Hey, listen up. The transfer window's now open. Join us on Monday the 1st of February from 8 p.m. for our transfer special. You will listen. Capiche? Who the hell is this Poitrick O'Quana guy? Where the old Poitrick O'Quana? I sound nothing like him. Fucking Brits. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. The slightly insane uh, voiceover guy there. We're enjoying his work. <coughs> if you enjoy that at home. Send it up. Elmer Fudd. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. He's under direction from Mikey, so really it's Mikey we have to blame for the complete insanity of that. Um, anyway, look, before we get going, we've obviously been a bit of a while since our last show. We've had um, 
two games that we haven't quite covered. So just a little nod to those. We, we drew nil, nil nil in both. It was Bournemouth and Swansea, respectively. We have done a little bit of a conversation about that, recorded after the in the pub after the Swansea game. Um, we are having to do some heavy editing to it, uh, which is why it's not out yet. But it'll be out as a special podcast uh, in the very near future. And it's mainly Terence's fault we're having to edit quite so much due to a series of libelous comments that I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to get into an acceptable sort of standard. Do you regret anything of that, Terence? I don't remember any of it. Did we have a chat? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I remember it. I regret nothing. I didn't think so. Uh, Of course, we've got the Ultimate Squad a little bit later on. Uh, Nathaniel Klein, as I mentioned in the introduction, is the one up for debate. Um, You can vote on that, whether to in or bin Nat Klein, go to holradio.net forward slash vote to cast your vote and give us a little comment. Uh, there's also a poll on Twitter, which is obviously our, our Twitter account. It's at holradio. Um, what else do I want to talk about? There's loads, really. Uh, I suppose, obviously, the fact that we've, we've it's been Christmas, you know, and more importantly, Patrick, you've been over for a few days. Obviously, we talk about this a little bit in our, our pub chat, but um, how, how's your trip been? It has been amazing. I really want to thank the many, many whole radio fans, Palace fans, Twitter fans that came up to me just knowing me from whatever and said, are you Patrick? And shook my hand, offered me to buy me a drink. I'm not even joking. I've met the most wonderful people. Um, I want to thank Joe because um, he I was lucky enough to go play golf with his, with his son and actually David Gregory from the Under-21 team. Um, uh, met you lot. Um, I stood in Block W for the Swansea match and that was an amazing experience. So I got to meet Hambo. Mark Ross, oh, uh, yeah. Lucy. Yeah, so, uh, 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 but let me tell you, Marcus, Marcus, I met him again today. I, I just really had a fantastic time. You know, it was all about me exposing my son to Palace, but more that just getting over here. And I, I really want to thank everyone. Hope you guys like your gift that I got you guys. I want to really give a quick shout out to Ian McDade on Twitter. He's at Brit in the Bronx. He's the one that makes the cups and the mugs, the mugs and the t-shirts I gave you guys. And Really, um, it's been a fantastic time. I couldn't ask for anything more except for maybe three more points for yes, one of those two matches. Yes, but really, slightly better results. Yeah, um, yeah, but honestly, it's been fantastic, guys. Thank you so much to everybody. No, it's been a pleasure meeting you, mate. And um, obviously, you know, just you, you've thoroughly enjoyed yourself despite the fact that we haven't scored a goal. Um, but you yeah. did go and see Child, and they scored for you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mention that. You're not allowed to. <laughs> <Fair enough>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and um, I, I, I didn't get a gift. Oh well, you, um, you know I had it. I had. I swear I had it today, mm-hmm. and you. I didn't see you. So what you can do is uh, DM <laughs> me your address, mate, and you'll get it in the mail. Do you do you I remember promise. that? Do you remember at that post I put up on our little private chat, and I said, "What's, What's your favourite comic, and what year were you oh, born?" Oh, yes, and, and so and, and, and I had two answers: one from Nick <laughs> and one from Patrick. Patrick, and I got a wonderful what? gift from Jill. I was born in 65. My favourite comic is Roy the Rovers. So Joe Holyoke went out of his way, lads, to order me the 1965 Roy the Rovers annual. And I have it in my bag going back. It's the best gift I've gotten in years. Joe, thank you. So, so thoughtful. No, that's all right. No thank worries. You very much. And no, Nick, Joe, I, couldn't, thank you so I much. couldn't get Wizard and Chips, Nick. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, look, I'm sorry. I didn't reply because I already have a 1980 edition, issue of Bunty. So, um, Funny. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, anyway, <laughs> that's quite enough of that. Um, 
Also worth mentioning, we've got a birthday show coming up. We'll be five years old at some point in January, I think the 19th, something like that. Um, and it will be like a kind of uh, best of um, and lots of silly stuff that we're going to do. Well, last that. five minutes then. All right, Nick. Nick's in a foul mood today. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> been very, very sweary pre-show. So a uh, little bit of a warning that might spill onto the uh, to the live chat later on. Um, yeah, uh, what else we got? I suppose, uh, hmm. Mm, no, let's leave it at that as a little reminder. Obviously, as I said earlier at the, at the top of this chat, Ultimate Squad, 25-man Ultimate Squad later on. Looking at Nathaniel Klein, get involved in that. Vote at holradio.net forward slash vote or look at the poll on our Twitter account. All right, let's get into the chat, shall we, about this wonderful game today. Yeah. Uh, don't know really where to start. I mean, I suppose, obviously, we'll start how the team's lined up. I don't know about you. Gents, but I thought um, thought when I saw the team, it was kind of the best we could put out, and that. But it did worry me, even with Chelsea being um, being as weak as they are, and all the kind of talk from from Pardew before the game was that you know it's going to be a very very tough match. Um, what did you make for the changes? Chung Young Lee starting for the first time, Terence. Um, first time, May. Sorry. I do you know what this? A lot of this is um, for me. Only one gripe I've had with Pardew since he's arrived, and it's when we've had injuries, right? And he sticks with the exact same lineup and forces players to fit into roles that they can't necessarily perform. So today we've had Chungi stuck out on the flank, and he's not that out and out winger that makes our formation work so well and works well and balances it out well, because he drifts in field a lot, a bit like when punching plays out wide and kind of slows down the play a bit. So, um, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of it if I'm honest. No, I mean, but then who else is there to play there? That's uh, yeah. that is one problem with it. But I would have more tried maybe altered the formation a little bit to try and accompany his style of play as opposed to just sticking him out on the flank and saying, Go and try and beat play, play, beat your fullback. Well when we first up we first set up in that that four four one one with Wilf was sort of playing off a of Campbell. Um and you had punch out wide right and chuggy wide left. Um and I'll talk about the moment that changed a little bit later on. But, I mean, obviously, Damo came back into into the bat line, and, you know, I, I can see why that was. You know, we would all probably pick him over Hankland, I guess. Uh, I don't want to speak for other people, but that seemed a, a relatively sensible sort of approach. But, Joe, did you have any fears before the game that we might uh, be on the end of the, the 3-0 that we saw today? Well, as it was getting worse, I thought about a tweet that I saw yesterday. Um, I can't remember who did it, but they said 4-0 to Chelsea. So I was hoping it wasn't going to get to four. But, um, yeah, you, the, the only player that I thought we had to really worry about was was, uh, was Willian. And like I said, you know, guys, you, you know that I, I play a watch. And if I watch Chelsea, I like to watch. I caned Willian last year because he was absolutely toilet. But this year, he's been nothing short of sensational. And I think probably the best player in the Premier League by a country mile as well. And... He him today without them we would have had a chance even with a depleted side, but he was just a huge huge difference. Everything went through him like everything used to go through. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. It was, it was a little fellow. Yeah, Hazard. Everything goes. You know, they, they have like they always have pivotal players, but I mean, he just looked superb today, and it was it was. A, a classic hey, we we get we was getting done in the first couple of years in the Premier League we were getting done like this and it was like 
we miss a chance, they go up the other end and score. And it was a classic case of that. I, I was sitting there, we was one nil down, I think, and we should be one nil up. You know, Campbell had a, a side footer in from five or six yards and and didn't score. And then we're sitting here one down, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, it's not brilliant, but we can get back into this. And then when it was 3 0, I was just sitting there, and I just I almost, I think someone could have hit me on the bottom of the chin to shut my mouth. I, <laughs> I didn't think it was a 3 0. And then when after, I, st- I stood there on my own, sat there for probably 10 minutes after. Most of the, the, the old stand was empty, thinking about it. And I just thought, yeah, we've been absolutely trounced today. Yeah, and and not a lot of teams have done that to us. No, it's a rare experience for us now. And I suppose that's a, that's a mark of, of the progress we have made. But at the same time, and we'll talk a lot about this today, I think it does show up the, the deficiencies in the squad with, with key players out. And I think that's the, that's the same for most clubs, isn't it? I mean, you know, when the app, you know, when your very best players are out, it's very hard to, to account for that. But um, no, it, it was a tough day. Nick? Um, as soon as we saw that Fraser Campbell up front, I, I knew we'd, we'd have less chance of scoring if we didn't play with a striker. Um, I disagree with Joe about Willie, and I thought... Uh, we didn't play with a striker. Fraser no, can uh, play that front. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, Obi Mikel, I thought, was Chelsea's engine. I thought everything went through him. But we were, we were just um, unlucky to, to get a Chelsea side that decided that they're going to play this season because um, they, they just kept the ball really well. And I don't think we just stood a chance, even if we did have strikers, the way Chelsea played today. We just that's- hit them when they finally hit form. I understand what you're saying, and obviously, you know, giving Campbell a bit of stick. And again, we'll talk about him in a little while. But I'm going to give um, give Patrick a chance to jump in on this. Yeah, um, regarding lineup, um, when I was in the Crystal before the match, I was actually kind of surprised that we had chosen to go with Fraser Campbell. Not because I don't like him, no one else really does, but not that I have a problem with him. I thought uh, Pod, you might try Shamak again, but based on how Shamak played when he did come on, I think he touched the ball like two times. I don't think it was a poor decision. We just didn't have anybody to play up front. So I don't know what Pardew could have done differently based on what we had um, to offer. I like what um, Terence mentioned about Chung. I thought Chung had played excellently, by the way, but not wide. He'd be better off inside. Perhaps we could have started Sacco or even Jody Williams wide. It would have given us more of an outlet. But again, I agree with what Terence said. In our formation, where we play, having Chungy wide was a waste. But I thought he played really well today. Never loses the ball. It's just he doesn't have the speed to beat someone wide. It's a shame that uh, Wolf on the other side had such a quiet match because, you know, we needed him today. So, um, again, the lineup was the best we could have done based on, you know, who's available, in my it's opinion, re- anyway. It's really, it's really interesting. And this will show you the, the difference you get from being at, at the game because um, I had a very different view of it. Um, I managed, okay. due to my appalling timekeeping <laughs> and stupidity, to uh, stay at home a little bit too long for, right. um, so I couldn't get to the match. But... Um, Oh, see, I had the opposite view. I thought Wilf was probably our best player, and I thought Lee looked wow. like a lost little boy at times. But That's what I don't, what I don't see, and I'll try and make this point before I don't, I see what the TV cameras want me to see. I can't look around the pitch, and, and I can't play a watch. And I can't look at the work they do off the ball, and all that kind of stuff. So I do, I do genuinely believe you always get a better view at the game. If, it is if, interesting. You, know, you, you can't obviously watch things back. You can't watch replays. You can't, right. you know, see the minutiae of the details. But I genuinely believe that. Um, that I, I thought Wolf was our, our best player. We'll, we'll come back to that. I know Terence wants to jump in now. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think Wolf was our best player today, but we'll get to that later. Um, look, someone. I think it was Patrick who just said, "With we had all of our players, we still wouldn't have won today." Um, I no, I didn't say that. that wasn't uh, me. That was probably Nick. All oh, right, okay. I think today with our players, what you looked, we kind of dominated early on. 
Um, I thought we did really, really well. We got quite a few chances together. And I think with the likes of Balassi and Wickham on the field, we would have got the goal that would have seen Chelsea's heads go down. They caught, they get a goal against a break, against a run of play. And then as a result, they get a bit more confidence and then they go in at halftime with a rare lead and all of a sudden that they can build on that. And we're chasing a game with players that aren't really adept to doing it. So I disagree. I think that if with our starting play, uh, team today, I think we would have run them over in the early tw- uh, in the first 20, 25 minutes and it would have been a very different game. That's, that's very much how I, I saw it. I thought we were very, very good in the, the opening period. I was surprised at that looking at the lineup. And I was particularly surprised at how well we were playing sort of in, in the final third. I mean, very early on, Wardy put in a very good cross uh, that Campbell was, he was extremely frustrated that he didn't anticipate it a little sooner because he could have got in front of the uh, the Chelsea defender and sort of nodded into an empty net almost. But, um, you know, you could see his anger and frustration at that afterwards. And, you know, Zaha then went on a little driving run and he shot wide, but, it, you know, it was a decent strike from him. Um, and, and, you know, I just thought it was a really good opening for us. And, you know, Chelsea were, were trying to just keep the ball and, and, and work Palace, but Palace were playing very, very quick. You know, there was a lot of high pressing. There was a lot of, um, you know, playing on the on the break almost at times, although Chelsea weren't really probing that that deep at the time. And um, I think for me, the, the first thing that, that went against us, the first time that the, the game changed and we saw how it might go, was a very early booking for Damo for a challenge on Costa. Uh, and it was worrying. Not only was it worrying at the time, but I think it changed the way Damo was able to play against Costa. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I'm 50-50 on whether or not it was a booking. It was a late challenge, but he didn't actually make that much contact. Um, but for me, it, it, what he was, did against Costa last time um, Palace played last time Palace played against him last time. You know, we had those two matched up as he, he clattered him when he when he sort of cleared a header. He made sure he made contact with Costa, but he couldn't run that risk anymore and he had to stand off him. And in my view, that really did cost us. And it was the first little look at how the referee was going to approach the game. And I know the referee's going to get a lot of stick. He's certainly going to get a lot of stick from me. Um, do you think that's a fair comment, <sighs> though, Joe? That's a good sigh there, Nick. In the- yeah, don't <laughs> talk to me about that ref. Um, you want me to try and sum up Kevin Friend? Well, yeah, a bit of Kevin Friend and a bit whether or not you, you agree that the, the booking on Damo was probably a, a pivotal point in the match. I'll tell you what I did think, right? Every time we, one of our players touched a Chelsea player, he went over like he'd been shot. Mm. And, 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 but but it is, it's a go down, clutch and scream until there's a card shown. Or, the, or it looks like you, and then as soon as the card's shown, you're up. And the only but what sort of pleased me a little bit was, had he just tapped Costa the way he went down, that he that he would have got a yellow card anyway. So the fact that he absolutely smashed him up in the air and went through him, he was going to get the yellow card anyway. But what he did, to be honest with you, apart from Costa having a tapping from a mistake, was I think he put him out of the game. I mean, he was he was cra- it was his usual crap. If, amazingly, yeah. he got man of the match from the uh, well, Sky yeah, commentary I'm, team, which was insane. Yeah, but that was Sky commentary team. I mean, I, I love the way that he, he celebrated, but about 40 yards away from the Chelsea fans. And, they, and this is what hypocrite plastic tats they are, is that they started singing his name, but they booed him on their own pitch last week. They just... It, oh, it, it, it's, football is, you know, is, is very finicky. But um, well, anyway... No. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I said to, I had a chat with Danny on the way home as I usually do, and I said to him, I took two photos at the, right at the very start of the game, 
and Kevin Friend was in both of them. And but I zoomed in on him, and I was going to tweet that this is Chelsea's fourth, uh, 12th player. You know, the 12th man. And I thought, nah, cause it's gonna, it'd be stupid. And all we ever do is blame the referee. And I'm gutted I didn't do that because I thought it, and then at the very end, I thought it again. You know, I thought, I thought, he, was, I thought he was nothing short of disgraceful today. And, and, and that is, it's not even showing big team bias. It was almost, and, and I'd say it to his face, and, you know, it was tantamount to cheating today. He, he he doesn't have bollocks. He's he must be. He's a whatever. He, he, I'm so annoyed with him. He's just, just he's dreadful. He's it dreadful. Was, it was unnecessary, wasn't it? I mean, there's no need. There was no need to. I mean, obviously, he books demo, and I've got I've written down a few challenges directly afterwards. Right, uh, Mikel made a much worse challenge seconds later on Ward went sliding in two, out out of control basically. Two challenges in the first thirty minutes that warranted yep. two two yellow cards yeah. that were nothing. Uh, be the same as when, as when uh, Gale got sent off against uh, against West Ham. Yeah, yeah, and this is exactly my point. It, you know, if, if you're going to define what Damo did on, on Costa as a yellow card, which you can or you can't, like I say, I was fifty fifty on it. You, you, my my view is definitely that that Mikel should have got two yellows in. But basically, it was a five minute period. There were two really tough challenges, that, and he didn't. You know, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even nearly a yellow. And but you know, Chelsea ended that game without a yellow card on their team. It was absolutely phenomenal. <sighs> Patrick, sorry, I know you've been waiting a while. I'll let you jump in. No, it's all right. Um, I was lucky enough to be sitting actually in a block feed after wait seven rows back. So I'm basically, I mean, I'm basically at the halfway line. And not only was Kevin Friend awful, the liner on my side was so bad. There were so many challenges he could have waved. I saw Wolf get his jersey pulled and Ward getting kicked. It was amazing. So it wasn't just the referee. The ARs were so, so bad. And it just added to it. And I've never, again, it's been a while, but I've never seen fans get so upset at a referee at a pad. Like, you know how I am. I don't really like to get on the referee, but being in the match today and seeing it live, it was a disgrace. He was absolutely terrible. And, and you guys are absolutely right. That yellow card on Demo changed the match because it gave Costa the freedom to do what he wanted to do. And you know, he winds people up and it gave Demo the ability to do nothing on Costa the rest of the match. And it totally changed the, the way that game went. Yeah. Now, that was, that was my main frustration, I have to say, because, you know, uh, it... <sighs> It was, un- it was, like I say, it was unnecessary. It, it was almost as bad as, as giving a red card the way it spoiled the game. It, it really was. Um, Nick, you next. Yeah, um, and then Jedi got a yellow card later, didn't he? For uh, seemingly, all right, it was a foul, but it was no worse than the McHale ones. And, and Patrick's saying, I've never seen this before. Well, that's because you watch it on telly, mate. No, no offence, because that's <laughs> all you can do. But, but if you'd have been at Palace the last two or three seasons, you'd have seen worse performances than that. From no, not worse, as bad. No way it could be worse, but thanks for putting me down, Nick. I appreciate worse. that. <laughs> only one. Worse. There's only been one. There's only been one put one worse, and that was Lee Mason against Arsenal. Thank you, and I remember that. Thank you, Charlie. That's, 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 that's the only one. Oh, Nick, honestly, I can't remember ever seeing a. a, a yeah. Do you know, do you know what you, what, what's more annoying, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. What's more annoying from my point of view is he has. Who does he explain that to? When, when he has someone that overlooks him in the stand, every single referee is, is overlooked exactly. in the stand. But, so, so when this guy goes to him at the end of it and says, you booked one of their players, justified. But when we've seen the slow motion replays and you are in that field of play near the ball, why aren't you booking two stamps in two tackles from the same player? 
Why, why are you... It, there, there must be something wrong when the crowd become that incensed. And this is the thing. These referees, they answer... It seems like they answer to no one. Because it, um, they, there needs to be some kind of panel that's, that's, that has... Impartial people, it has to be, because seriously, if I put tolls down the way this geezer refereed, I'd f***ing be out of work. All right, that's the first <laughs> F-bomb. Oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't get any work, though. I wouldn't, would I? That's the thing. People just go, he's crap, don't use him. And this is the thing about these referees. He, I, I, I don't know why... It, I, no. I don't even know why I'm surprised, but the thing is, we're not just this new team into the Premier League anymore. You know, it's it, it, we didn't get anything today. We didn't get a single, single thing. Yet we could have had even more injuries. When you look at those slow-mo tackles, you know, we, the one on MacArthur is, is shocking. Like, that, that is... Had it been the other way, I'll see you now, Mikel would have laid on the floor like he like literally had a crossbow through the back of his neck. It just... <laughs> it, 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 was, it was quite high up his shin and studs. It was dirty. I got well, Terrence, Chelsea, you know, in it? Yeah, well, would you know, you know, um, I'm, I've got the game on as I'm talking now, right? And I've watched the first 15 minutes, and so both of the tackles have happened. On a wet pitch, you've got to let Damo's one go. In the conditions that's going there, it's his first challenge of the match. You cut, I don't think he should be booked there. Um, Mikel's gone fly, absolutely flying in on Ward, like slid from five yards away and taken him out in an attacking position as well. Two very different things. Ward's about to get round the fullback and put a cross in. Damien Delaney's just roughed Costa up a bit in the middle of the park when he isn't going anywhere. So that makes it even more frustrating. But this is similar to the um, the Man City game at home when they, Aguero went off injured. It's the same here. Hazard going off injured did them a massive favour because watching the first 15 minutes, William did not touch the football. It Great all point. went through. It all went through Hazard and yeah. he just never looked like he was going to do anything. And him going off means that they've obviously uh, Williams then pulled out wide. They just all since then he's touched the ball several times already, and he's coming into the game. And he is that man in form. He's the person they should be putting the ball through, and he's the person who got me 14 points in my dream team today. Oh, brilliant! I'm glad. Oh, Joe was absolutely right to pick him out earlier. You know, he, he was yeah. he was the standout player on the pitch, definitely. I thought so. Um, well, him, uh, Mikel was excellent. Fouls aside, Mikel was excellent as well. So, uh, props to Nick on that. that was, he's right there. Uh, Nick, you got okay, a few that... comments from the uh, from the chat room as well. There, and then we'll... yeah. Um, Dweeb has asked if I've been locked in a cupboard by you, love. You did start to sound a bit weird earlier. It's back back to normal now, but it was... and then John John the program seller has said, "Bring out the gimp." So, um, <laughs> a quick game two. Good good luck to Tony G, who's um, said he's laughing his daughters while he's listening to this good, good luck explaining <laughs> what bring out the gimp means <laughs> <laughs> uh, a quick game too we was talking to a key fan on the way back to the station and he agreed the ref was one side is it true and i don't know if you mentioned this earlier because i switched off when when chris went on a ramble um chelsea have never lost when kevin friend has refed i have no idea kevin friend of chelsea ne- that's what, he's, never that's what he's known when as. He is repped. When he Stole is repped. Off of Twitter. Hey? <laughs> Nothing. Soaking <laughs> to Terence. I said he stole that off me on Twitter. He just <laughs> no, no, I thought that's what he was known as. I thought that was, from what I was getting, it was just what he was yeah. known as. How many times have you seen that? How many times have you seen that? Seriously. It was yeah. just... 
Oh, we are. And then okay, something else from the uh, from the chat room, just very quickly. A quick game, too. So he was talking to a Chelsea fan on the way back to the station. Yeah, he agreed the ref was one-sided. Yeah, yeah. I just said that, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to emphasise it, isn't it? Nice um, Mikey, it is. Mikey did point one-sided. out earlier when we, when we were talking about refereeing performances that we um, we didn't make any mention of Mark Clattenburg, who's had a fair few shockers as well in refereeing us. So that's a... That's a well-reminded point there, Mikey. Not that I want to be reminded of I'd rather have Mark Clattenburg and Mark Clattenburg clones running the lines than Kevin Friend again. Well, Nick, that, oh. I think that's reflective of your mood today because that's insane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but anyway. uh, if that happened, players might die on the field because Clattenburg putting player safety at risk is his speciality. <laughs> on top of that as well, I remember in 2008... Paul Pesky Salido scoring a League Cup quarter final against us from about eight yards offside. So that still sticks in my mind as one of the yeah. worst refereeing displays I've ever seen. Yeah, well, John, yeah. the program, John, the program said, I said, I bet Gus was singing, You got a friend in me. <laughs> Boom tish. Congratulations. X Factor audition. Well done, John. I must say, well done, John. He's not feeling very well at the moment because he stood out in the peeing rain for four hours selling <laughs> programmes and they all stayed dry. He's done Good, well. Mine didn't. The one I bought went got wet. <laughs> oh, well. Are you lot all right? <laughs> no. Grumpy <laughs> old men. Carl, Carl Mortimer got in touch earlier on and, and said, what did the ref say to Mikel after that first challenge because he had a word with him? Probably said, don't worry, keep doing that. I'm not going to book you. That's worry. Um... Yeah, Nav was also getting in touch, giving you some stick, Patrick. Um, I think you'll be happy that you, when you're that you're going back to America. Too. I read that one. Listen, Nav, we got a point out of two matches. Get you know, I'm not Donald Trump. I'm sorry, I didn't like that reference to Donald Trump. <laughs> That's all right. I like Nav personally, but not professionally. <laughs> like personally, that. but not professionally. <laughs> Don't know what that means. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look. So, um, <laughs> um, just uh, to click, Chris, just to clear up, um, Chelsea have lost when Kevin Friend has been the referee, and it was in where was it? They lost four-one to Liverpool in two thousand and twelve. Eight for me. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Okay. I, I was thinking today that if Mourinho had still been still been in charge, that it might not have been quite so biased because um, he'd been giving the ref stick, and you know what happens when you give the ref stick. Yeah, I mean, it was always going to be the case, so he's saying with Marino being in charge, this is the first extended period in between the last two games that Gus Hiddings had with the Chelsea team. So I always had suspicions that they were going to turn it on a bit today. Yeah, yeah, it was a whole load of uh, things together that... Um, Conspired against us. Yeah, they did, they did, yeah. We had our key players out, you know, they had decided to actually start playing some football. Now they'd finally got rid of their manager, and like you say... Hiddink had a bit of time with them. They had key players back as well and all that kind of stuff. Can, so. I, can I come in on those players out again? Because it was yeah. only due to the fact that Kabai, and we haven't talked about this, when he got his yellow card, was against Swansea. That yeah, was such not- a nothing, nothing, nothing yellow card. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Friend had got onto last week's raft and said, can you book Kabai <laughs> so he's out of the game? And it's so bloody annoying because 18 <laughs> minutes later, all of those yellow cards would have been rescinded, wouldn't they, for the new year? Yeah. Um, so that, was, that, was, that was for a high one. Kabai's one was for a high foot, right? Uh, Ivanovic nearly fly-kicked yes. Chung Young Lee's head off yep. today. I and saw nothing, that. Well, and that's nothing right in front yeah, of me. Nothing yeah. was given. 
So, yeah, you you can say that though. But what about in the second half? Did you see Jedi when he raised his knee and he was about to stamp on someone? Yeah, in the he pulled out. He pulled out. Oh, he pulled I out. thought that was. I'd say half of the half of the stand I was sitting in held their breath. You could hear a big intake of breath waiting for someone to die in the around the halfway line. Um, listen, I. <laughs> I, I just need to say something about these yellow cards. Um, now, now for, for some reason, probably Terence or Chris will know this, that you can only appeal a red card. You cannot appeal a yellow card. So you can get someone who can cheat you into a, into a yellow card. And, and like pretty much like Costa, he was laying on the floor, like literally like he was had a broken leg. And as soon as the card was given... He was yep. someone you know, held out a hand. He grabbed it, stood up. He didn't even limp. He did not even limp. And I just thought, it, we need someone to go to turn around and go. If look, if if you go down and you stay down for longer than three to five seconds, you've got to go off the pitch. But anyway, just for someone, just for someone wiser than me, tell me why you can't actually appeal a yellow card, please. Hmm. Um, I don't actually know the reason, to be honest with you. Um, uh, I think how many appeals there might be, you know, that kind of I was going to say, there's so many red yellow cards in a match, you'd be appealing, uh, you know, all day. But it, but it doesn't matter. The Premier League is a is a £5.5 billion pound business. It, it's a, we just employ more people. Yeah. You know, you can, you can do it by Skype. We, we run a radio, a radio show by Skype from, from sure, different parts sure, of the world. No, no, we're in a real studio. What's your problem? Oh, yeah. I'm a, Sorry. I flew over to be on the show on, in the <laughs> studio. Come on. But we, but we yeah. manage it, but the Premier League can't. It's exactly. Just, if you really wanted to do it, you could have, you, you know, you could have some old lady who knows hardly anything about football and, and just show her a video and say, do you think he was cheating? And it officially well, says, yes, it's, it's, it gets rescinded. Well, if you've got any views on Joe's uh, uh, program to employ the elderly um, at the Premier League to uh, <laughs> to assess if people are... have you ever been served by an old person in McDonald's? He's right. You have to tell them four times. Can I have a cheeseburger? <laughs> well, listen. Um, first of all, there's no no way I that you're of your order. You, you. <laughs> Four cheeseburgers in. Yeah. <laughs> I I ordered McDonald's in full German last week in Germany. I was so proud of myself. Ah, uh, brilliant! Congratulations. <laughs> well um, so anyway, I was around the sort of about oh, 2020. Do they, do, they, um, oh, God. do they call it a chicken royale in, in Germany? No. Germany? Do, you know, oh, do you know what? Wrong, 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 wrong restaurant. But because that's that was the um, uh, that's Burger King, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But oh, it was right. it, it was quite funny saying it says a gurna and a grosser chicken classic. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> impressive. But that's what it is. Like that's that's what it's named as on the menu. I couldn't call it anything else. Yeah, like we'd know the difference. Yeah. Well, it would, it would be it would be McHoynchen, of course, because Hoynchen is chicken in German. Well, obviously, we all knew that. <laughs> um, so anyway, just dragging us kicking and screaming back to the, uh, <laughs> the football. <laughs> we, to be fair, Mikey did tweet earlier on that we wouldn't talk about the game. We'd just be talking about our favourite puddings. So we're on the subject of food. What plan, do you, favourite hey? puddings? Well, hang on, you know, so on 26 minutes here, get into the game now, as Paul has just gone through uh, Chung and Lee's shins as well, studs up. Very nice. No booking. No, no, not at all. No. Keep going, Till. You must have them all written down. <laughs> <laughs> if, you wear, if you wear a wig, 
you might um, be able to dress up as an elderly telling there's a job there somewhere, apparently. <laughs> but Mike, we took my nan to, to one game. And all she said all through the game was, because it was the early 80s, these shorts, their shorts are miles too tight. They're going to do themselves a mischief. So I think <laughs> Well, she was she was visionary. Look at the shorts now. She knew what yeah. she was talking but about. But if if we got this old person to see if whether somebody's cheating or not, on how quickly they get up, we might get kind of like some fashion stuff as well. Like whether the shorts are too big or not. I'm not sure. I need to be here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, look. As let's let's go back to what we were talking about. I think opening twenty five minutes we were pretty decent, and I, I think one of the thing the things I did notice at that time, and I've made a note of it, and I did change my opinion on this gel before you shout at me. Okay. But I thought early on Punchin was playing pretty well. He did. He um, played a couple of good balls in. One from the left hand side particularly was was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I just boy, thought yeah. he was linking play pretty well. The, the pass he wasn't under a huge amount of pressure at the time, so he was using the ball well. And we were trying to put the ball through him. And he was a lot of the time he was looking for Wilf. That seemed to be our tactic. And and around that sort of twenty five minute mark, it, it was only a brilliant tackle from uh, from Kurt Zuma in, in the in the box that stopped Wilf getting right through. You know, you're talking like you know. Absolutely, the end of his toe sort of knocked the ball away from Will. So, you know, we were putting a lot of pressure on and playing very, very well. Uh, Punch put a great cross in after that. He evaded Dan, and that's the one where Campbell had that chance at the back post. Um, let, let's revisit that a little bit. I mean, from the game, Patrick, um, did you, do you think he should have done better? Uh, as I'm watching a match, I'm watching it with my brother, and my brother said to me, why didn't he take a touch? But my thing was, you talk about the, the conditions were so poor and he's just not a world-class striker that for him to snatch at it. And if you saw his reaction after, you could see that, you know, he was so upset at himself. So should have been better, yes. But if those are the margins that, of which, you know, you're talking about us versus teams like Chelsea, who, you know, not, not Chelsea this year, but Chelsea just in general. But she had done better, I think he could have. But like I said, I just thought that with the conditions, I think I probably would, would have thought that hitting it, hitting it first time would have been better. But honestly, he probably should have taken a touch and then slammed it home. Patrick, would you have buried it? No, because I'm not right-footed. <laughs> left-footed at <laughs> the wrong side of the pitch. Well, so, so you would have taken a, a touch question, to cut Derek. back in? I would have taken a touch and cut it back to my left foot and slammed it up a, up a top corner. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just pick up on uh, something in the, the chat that Quick Game 2's just said? He put, geez, go to Germany and have a big whopper. What a waste. That's not a thing, mate. <laughs> big whopper is this, is it? A waste. It's a thing what he knows about. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. No, anyway, um, now look, I, I was disappointed with the finish in, um, in, in a lot of ways, but I think you're right, Patrick, in pointing at the conditions because it did really skip off the turf. It really did, actually, yeah. It came when, you, when I got, obviously, I had the, the luxury of watching it back a couple of times, and to be honest, it, it's, it's just skipped up so much on him. It hasn't even hit the sort of part of his body where he's really could have made any decent connection on it anyway Contact, so it's, right. it was unfortunate it was yeah. he couldn't really have known yeah. that he was going to go over terry's head <laughs> go on go on mr Ford. Go on. At, at, on, this le- at this level, at Premier League level, and we're a team that's got European aspirations, you anticipate, you're a professional footballer, you play football every day, anticipate that the ball might skip off the turf because it's pissing down with rain. The ball's going to skip on. And he has a habit of doing this, even when the conditions are good. He, he, right. arrive, he gets to the ball too soon or too late. He very rarely arrives at the right time. I think he's done it like once in his whole Palace career and that was because Yannick Balassi put it on a plate for him against Newcastle and that's about the only time he's ever seemed to anticipate a cross for us 
that's a fair point. You know, at the end of the day, he's going to. I can name two more though. Honestly, the the the, the obviously the the cutback. Actually, Chelsea game last year when he scored the two one goal when uh, Wolf cut the ball back from the end line. It, obviously it, the the goal it went it was a half a yard out. Miss. He could have missed. Could have missed. It hit him. Well, I'm just I'm trying to give guy a little bit of credit. But I know what you mean. <laughs> All right. No, 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 what's no, the, what's the other mind. one? What's the other one? Well, I was just going to say the the the, the um, cross that he scored of the Everton goal. I thought was a really uh, good goal that he scored. That Martin was, Kelly uh, cross. No, t- Tim Howard dropped the ball. Tim in Howard, his head. you're such a goalkeeper. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, best best insult ever. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, my friend. A couple more bits of contact to talk about. Lucy got in touch to say that the shorts definitely need to be tighter on the players. Um, key, key point really? In the chat room has said that the referee was, let's say the referee was poor, and uh, it says that Chelsea are the masters of the non-bookable niggly foul, which wound us up, and described it as, a, as an insipid performance. Nick, what does insipid mean? Uh, insipid, uh, kind of lacklustre, below par... Um, like if if you think of um, I don't know Red Stripe being a proper lager, insipid mm. would be your heart <laughs> or your skulls. <laughs> that is a such a brilliant, explanation. brilliant explanation. Mm. I that with stunned silence. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, the stuff I was just talking about all happened just before what an- another pivotal moment for me. I've already talked about the fact that Delaney's booking was pivotal. The next moment for me was that um, we decided to change the system just before the half hour mark. And um, basically, what happened is that Punch went inside into a sort of a number 10 role because, like, like we were talking about, he was getting on the ball, he was sort of d- dictating it a little bit. He was doing very, very well. And um, so we, we shifted Lee out to the right and Zaha to the left. So it became Punch who was the one supposed to be sort of. You know, getting a bit further forward, and it just it it was almost immediately after we did that that uh, Fabregas put the ball through, which Damo missed by it was a fraction. When I saw it first, I thought he's missed that by a mile while as he dived in there, but it actually goes under his foot um, when he sticks his foot out for it, and it's you know you, those those are the margins. Puts Costa right the way through, and no matter what we do, you know everyone's screaming to get back. And there was one moment uh, where Ward basically makes the wrong decision. In, in chasing back because he could have got across to Oscar when the ball came over to him but as Ward's running towards him he just hesitates because he because he's basically on the penalty spot and thinks he's getting a little bit too far across and there are players there to cover the cutback goes to Oscar if Ward had carried on running at the pace he was running in the direction he was running he would have got there to cut it out so again fine margins um and at the time I, I've, I've written it was completely against the run of play was I you you agree with that it was oh god Nick you go first it was completely against the run of play. The, the, although I left the house thinking we're going to get stuff today because it's knowing us, it's going to be Chelsea that turn it on and, and we've got lots of key players out. I was pleasantly surprised with the first 15, 20 minutes and I thought it was just sod our luck that they go 1-0 up. Um, and it was it was all down to that. I, I thought Damo slipped when when he was going for the ball rather than miss it. I just thought he lost his footing. But then I only saw it the once. You've probably seen it fifty-eight times, so you're probably <laughs> probably righter than me. But it, it was just—I don't know. It all, all seemed to fall apart after that, didn't it? Yeah, and that's exactly and, the point. Um, we, we got knocked but, by that goal, and because um, we're not used to being behind at half time, we've never been behind at half time this season. No, that's right. Um, it was—it almost straight after that as well. We'd um, Ward just just was ridiculously narrow, and um, Lee didn't follow the run of Aspilicueta. Um, and he, he got right through and, and got a shot in there. Hennessy did pretty well to save. Um, 
And they just... The other thing that Chelsea started to do more and more as the game wore on is they, they put pressure on uh, James MacArthur. Um, you know, he, he was occasionally surrounded by two or three players and was starting to lose his passing range. And it, it, that's where I, I felt that Chelsea got... Um, once they got confident, they started mm. executing their game plan a, a lot more efficiently. Yeah, they definitely got more confident just now. So, like, the, I'm 35 minutes in as I'm watching the game, and but they are now swarming all over us. And now this is another problem with what I was talking about earlier with Pardew making them play in the same fashion. And I touched on this when we lost 5-1 to Man City. He basically told put Ledley and Jednak out against Man City and said play like MacArthur and Kabaya. And we're doing the same thing again today. We're playing the short balls into Dan and Delaney because we want to keep session from goal kicks. But right. we're, not par- we're not passing the ball out to Kabai anymore. All yep. of a sudden, it's Jednak with his back to, uh, facing his own goal with pressure on him. And guess what? <laughs> Jednak can't pass the football. We all know that. That's not what you put him in the team for. So there's, again, no playing to their strengths. And we, we just ended up backing ourselves into a corner as Chelsea got more confident and uh, pressed us higher up the pitch and caused us loads of problems. Sorry, sorry, I was I had my mic muted because I was typing. I apologise. Um, <laughs> full, full stop. <laughs> full stop. <yeah. laughs> uh, no, that, that's yeah, it's exactly what I'm right. I know, Joe, you wanted to speak a moment ago. Yeah, no, I, I was going to. Uh, well, Terence has already turned around and said it anyway. But the, the thing that I did notice, I mean, you don't have to 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 mass mark Jedi because he because of his pace. I mean, he's only there really to try and break up play. Um, they did get after MacArthur, and what I did notice is they played oh, probably six when they when they saw that we weren't pushing forward, getting too many men forward. They were playing almost a six-man midfield, and and completely overrunning us. Um, if if you look at Chelsea when they when they literally kept the play keep ball in the second half, they always had a player, always had a, a, an option, ten yards in three different places. And that's why they ran rings around us. And that's what they tried mm. to do. They had two people hunting down MacArthur at pace, not giving him anywhere to turn, at times three. And then other players just joined in. And, that's, and, and, it, and when he gets overrun, then we are in trouble. We really are. And, and, and that hasn't happened for a long time, which is, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate. But you can see. The other, listen, the other thing is we've got to get, get past this. I know Chelsea are where they are, and they have had a mayor, and for whatever reason... It's not a talent thing. It's an internal, it's an internal thing that's torn that club apart. But you can see that they probably had. You, there's probably nine of those players on that park that get in our side. I'm telling you now, and I'm not, you know, tell, tell me any or any or if any of that, that team that wouldn't get in our side, and that's the thing. And these are world class internationals we're up against. So which we are, we are still. Gutted that we've lost to Chelsea, which shows how far we've come. And I don't like to use that cliche because it, it bores me sometimes. But yeah. you know, we we were up against a side that, that when they turn it on, now they, they are as their poncy plastic fans pointed out to, to today. You know, they are still champions of England. And today, for me, they played like it. Yeah, absolutely. They did. Go on, uh, yeah, you, you were saying about McCarthy being closed down. There were two or three Chelsea players around him. Well, there were two or three Chelsea players around um, every Palace player that got the ball. Even when um, Hennessy was passing the ball out at short, suddenly there were two or three players. We, we nearly, uh, we nearly uh, let in a goal or 
created a chance for them because we were divering on the edge of our box because we've just been closed down and, and shut down. Um, can I speak a little bit about Jedi quickly? Because he's kind of, due to injury and stuff, I thought he's done all right. He did all right against Swansea. Yeah. I thought he'd won lots of headers. His passing was a little bit better. But like, was it Thames? He said he, they were trying to, Pardons was trying to get him to play like he was a different player. And he can't do that. I thought he was he was quite solid when he came on. And he didn't, in the, uh, like the Jedi of old, he didn't didn't miss out on a header. Every every one he went for, he got. Yeah, I, did, so, I think his passing, well his passing was decent. No, it, was, it was a reasonable performance for him, definitely. But, um, but at the same time, he did sharp his limitations, I felt. You know, he, he was caught in possession a couple of times, being very, very yep. ponderous. Um you know, where, where his defensive work was top-notch. It, it just shows you that we now need, like, could buy a player who can defend, you know, and but, you know, incredibly well, but also attack incredibly well and keep hold of the ball. That's that's where we want to be, and that's why this sort of, um, this transition from a, from a team that's been battling releg- against relegation and then battling to, you know, back, just for every game, just having to fight and use the fact that, to make up the sort of a technical gap by effort, you know, we're, we're trying to transition from that to a, to a top squad, and that's that's where there's some gaps. Uh, Patrick, then Terence, please. Yeah, what's interesting, Chris, is that you know we're well. I I'm not going to speak for everybody, but you know fans in general. But we 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 look at how we beat them the first time, the two one match at Stamford Bridge, and it's just basically a lot of it's the same players for both us and them. The difference being now that those same players now didn't want to play for Mourinho because, like Joe just said, they're the champions of England. They're a very good side, and for us to to battle them and then beat them at Stamford Bridge the way we did. Our expectations have to obviously get raised. And then today we're sitting in seventh place saying, you know, we're playing a team in the bottom half of the table. We should beat them. But they're a very talented team. And, and again, what someone mentioned what I have in the six midfielders. When they push forward Aspilicueta and Ivanovic into that midfield, and you've got to have Suarez and Ward now draw back and defend, it just changes our whole way of playing. And also not having an outlet like Balassi or obviously Wickham to hold the ball up. Every time he cleared that ball, I saw Suarez struggle to get the ball out. I saw Damo and Dan struggle to get the ball forward. When it did, it came right back with Mikel playing so well, who's been rubbish all season. So <laughs> um, it's just, it's just, it's, they're a different class when they play this. And the fact they couldn't play for a man like Marino frustrated the hell out of me. But you know what? I really hate that club now, so I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, right. Mele Jednak had a good game. Behave yourselves. 57% par- passing percentage. That means every two, t- f- one for I every one pass. No, uh, I know that. I'm, Terrence, I'm no, one's, no one's knocking him. No one's knocking him. We're just saying he has limitations. I'm knocking him today. I don't think he played very He's well. He's knocking at all. him, exactly. <laughs> I don't think he played very well today at all. Yeah, Jednap wins headers. We know Jednap wins headers. Barely intercepted the ball today, barely put in a tackle, and misplaced the ball constantly. And. This is what I'm talking about. If you put him on the field and make him try and make him play a passing game of football, this is what happens. He misplaces a pass every other pass. And that's not what we need in that midfield. One Sands Daves plays something that plays into Jednak's favour. Sit the defensive line a bit deeper. Let Jednak sit on top of them and readjust to play with the players that we have on the field, the personnel that we've got in the field, as opposed to, you know, we don't, have, as Patrick just said, we don't have that Balassi outlet. We don't have that Connor Wickham outlet. So all of a sudden, you're going to have all this pressure put on you. Hen- Hennessy passing the ball short to Dan and Delaney to then feed the ball into McCarthy. They can then just swarm all over. Exactly. And his out- like, outlet is going to be Jednak, who's going to give the ball away one out of every two times. You're, you're of yeah. course, right. You're right, Terence, in pointing that out. But at the same time, there is no guarantee that this alternative game plan would actually be any more effective. And I, I'm, I'm not... 
knocking it as a, as a concept, you know, having Jedi sitting there in front of the back four, not asking him to get forward. Uh, you know, perhaps we might even have to bypass the midfield because, um, like you say, otherwise he'd still be the one who has to feed it into into the other two. Um, and obviously no Balassi, so we don't have the sort of power and pace on both wings. And, you know, and it's easy. They can snuff out Zahar by sticking two or three people on him, that kind of stuff. But It, it works, it works under Pulis. We beat him 1-0 at home. John Terry, thank you. Yeah, cheers, John Terry. No, but look, you know, it, it, can, it can do. It can work, but it doesn't we mean had, it would. We it had soccer. We had yeah. Sarko on the bench today as, a, as was, an outlet. Was that that um, Pardew's already said he shouldn't have had him on the bench. Um, you you can say that though, Patrick, but tomato and tomato. <laughs> potato <laughs> and potato. <laughs> but now let me, just, let me just finish on that point. Though, and all, all I want to say is that if we all want to move to the next level and Pardew wants to move us to the next level as well, he needs to do that himself as well in terms of the, top, the managers at the top of the game they have alternative game plans. You look at the classic example is where Mourinho took Chelsea to Am- Anfield and parked the bus in front of, in front of them, completely shut down Sturridge and Suarez, and they won two 0 And other than messing it up themselves, they screwed up the chance to win the championship that season. That was in his first season back there. So as I'm saying, those sort of managers have game plans to fit their personnel or the situation. And where we've just you know. I, know, I, out there. I understand the point. The, the point you're making, Terence, but at the, same lab- time, the point that I'm labouring. Yeah, we have the same thing, though, Chris. We have exactly the same thing when our players are fit. This is the As point. This, we, we I, I, what I was going to make. The thing I was going to mention is is that if you look at the players we have out, make a, a quick list of the the players that we have out in that, that are really affecting things. You take Balassi, you take Kabai, and you take Wickham. Okay, right. whenever if we take Wickham out of the team, we're not even the same. Yeah, you know, we're not even the same team because because right. of the player. way we play. If you take uh, Balassi and Kabai out at the same time, I genuinely believe <clears> that we're going to struggle to find any system that would would be as effective <laughs> as um, you know, as the system that we need. And I think I understand to a point, and do, I, I do agree as well to a point, Terence, in that I think Pardew looked at it as a home game and thought, no matter what happens, we've got to find a way of winning this. I'm not prepared to just sit back soak up pressure and, and get another nil-nil. We've got to try and find a way to have a goal. And I think as a result of that way of thinking, we probably were a little bit weaker and less resolute than we could have been. But I think it's such fine margins that, that with those three players out, we'd score except we're actually a, probably a lower half team. Sorry, sorry, sir. You just said those, those three players. And with those three players, we get the four Ps. We get power, pace, precision, passing. We get the passing from from Kibai, We get the we get the the, the pace from Balassi, and we get the power up front of, of someone a powerful lump up front with Wickham. Um, and you take all you take three things out: the power, pace, and, and passing out of their game. And it's like, <laughs> and it is, but it is, isn't it? You, you know, we could, we can laugh. I know it's I know it sounds like laughable, but the thing is, that we've just took those three players out, and we can't score. We can't score goals. I mean, it, this is the other thing as well. Is there any chance that we can... I don't care where they do it from. When I, I was playing FIFA the other day, and just to have a shot, I just shoot from the halfway line because I'm crap at it. Shoot! <laughs> I don't care it's if got... it goes into the back of the stand. But can, we, can, can someone have a word for them and just tell them to start shooting? Because today, that of all days, where, we, where someone needed to get two yards on the ball, tee it up and smack it, today was the Keep day. It a bit of surface... We've yeah. seen it. We've seen it in a sump, you know, when it's dry. Um, imagine what it does in the wet. It goes quicker. It surfaces. It's no one's. 
No one's prepared to do it, but anyway. Carry on. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> you've been waiting for <laughs> It's like the five. It's like the five D's from dodgeball. <laughs> Dodge, <laughs> it was exactly dug, like dive and dodge. <laughs> you know what? I was at the three P's. I was worried for him. I thought, how is he going to get a four from this one? And he came up. He got it. He got past him. I was, I was very happy about it. I was just Patrick, glad to forget. <laughs> <laughs> but no, very so, quickly. Right, I'll go. Sorry, go on, Patrick. So very quickly, I want to um just um shout out to Anita Sands. She listens to the show uh, religiously. She's supposed to go to the catch today. She wants to take it through Manchester, but she was sick. So I hope she feels better very soon. Um, the other thing was, um, uh, lads, is that, you know, you make a great point about what we're missing. But I think it's a great opportunity now for Pardew to look at our team and say, you know what, we need another, I'm not going to say another Blassie, but a player like Blassie. We need another, we need a wicker. We need a, you know, a person behind Kabai. Because I think right now, even sitting seventh place, with the window open and so many opportunities and us looking, you know, to add to our squad, I think the fact that we did look so poor at times today and we're missing those key players, I think it's a great chance for us now to go and look at certain players, maybe get those one or two strikers we're looking at in Europe and say, you know what, let's bring them in now and take a chance to go for top five. So I think as negative as it may be from today's loss, I think you can see that we could turn it into a positive and you know, get some players in, so that could be yeah, a really I, good I thing for us. I agree with that, and that's, that's something I'll definitely come back to before we end, because I think that is, is, if you... That's my one positive point later on. It's probably, yeah. if there's a time to lose this game this way, it's probably now when the window's yep. open. Just focuses that mind. And maybe we'll be getting some players in. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Terence? Um, yeah, so for me, the, uh, the warning signs of this game were there against Stoke for anyone who went to the Stoke game. And what happened in the Stoke game without Kabaya is Stoke's midfield run all over us, like Chelsea's midfield did today once they got a bit of confidence. Um, but for Wayne Hennessy, we'd lose that game because he made some great stops in that game. And it is Kabaya who is a linchpin of putting it all together. And if you take him out and you're replacing him with Ledley or Jednak, the quality just isn't there. And this is not, you know, I'd, I'd, I feel bad slagging off Jednak and Ledley because... You know, last season we were talking about how great it is to have all these players and the squad depth and so on and so on. But again, we are now talking as a team with European aspirations and they just do not cut it at that top of that part of the table. In When Ledley was playing in midfield in the game at Stoke, Stoke run around him. Yeah. The Kabaya doesn't let people do that to him. He reads the game so well. He's always in the right position to intercept passes. And then whenever MacArthur's on the ball under pressure, he always knows that he's got an easy outlet in Kabaya. And vice versa, because as I've mentioned in the past before, Kabaya drags MacArthur's level of performance up as well. So we talk about all of this, uh, needing a striker or needing another Balassi. For me, we need another bloody centre midfielder. Yeah, because and uh, we, we are one. We need another, another Kabaya. Yeah, we need well right, yeah. a midfielder right behind him or in or front of him. we need another Kabaya or Kabaya with someone who can can score from outside the penalty area because we um, need some we need someone to hit a shot. About John well, James Shelby Soko, being, being linked, mm. isn't he heavily Shelby? No, no, Jordan John, much. No. <laughs> I, 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 I am convinced that John Joe Shelby would be a Palace player by the end of the transfer oh, window. Please, no, please, please. Left out of uh, Swansea squad, wasn't he, at the weekend? Uh, was very oh. chummy with, with uh, Pardew and a couple of the Palace players as well. He also he also hit the side net him from a corner. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he looked like a player who is. That used to play he, for he, he, No, he needs a new club. That's what he looks like. Come on, you can't you can't say that. The amount of like stunning goals he scored last season in a Swansea team that was thriving, they were a bit similar to Chelsea in that sense of there's something there's there's obviously something not quite right at Swansea. They don't all just become bad players overnight. And he just looks like somebody who needs a fresh start to me. 
Williams, you know, obviously linked to us in the in the window last time as well. I think wouldn't be surprised if we go back in for him the way Pardew was talking about him. But anyway, um, look, we, we went in. We went in back. <laughs> maybe a bit faster. We Chris went in uh, one nil down at half. Time. Go on. I said that today to Danny. Uh, I thought Watson. we needed someone like Ben Watson. Honestly, he, fan of Watson, but, um, he's still playing very well at Watford. Playing yeah. fantastically well. well. Plays yeah. every week in that centre midfield, mate. He is, he is. He see. This is the way that I would see someone like him. He's he's sitting where Kabai sits now. So Kabai can sit forward, and Kabai can then link with. He can link quick passes and get the chance to shoot closer to the goal. That's he shoots from a corner. You know, he's shooting from taking corners. You know, yeah, is it? Um, quick game in the chat room. Bournemouth, Swansea, Chelsea. How many shots in three games have we had on goal in those three games? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had the time oh. to research it. I just said that. Is it one or two? Um, I think we've had a fair few more shots. But on, target. on target. Oh. Mikey's going to go and have a look. We'll come back to that. Um, I, think, I think it's one in the last three games on target. Seriously. We're not um, counting the warm-up. No, anyways. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, well, weirdly, know... because that Damien Delaney volley against Bournemouth that got cleared off the line doesn't count yeah. as a shot on target for some bizarre reason. Really? Yeah, yeah it, did, it didn't count as a shot on target. It's, it's a strange ruling that because it was actually cleared from two yards off the line, not by the goalkeeper, it doesn't count as a shot on target. But that is really picking at straws. Well, look, we, um, my notes start to deteriorate at this point. What do you mean, start? <laughs> it says, <laughs> Sharp, it says, Ref only giving easy, easy decisions in Palace favour, frustrating. Rain knocks out my sky signal for 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> Ref ignores clear push on Campbell. Uh, Ward fouled late by Pedro, no card. Why no card? Um, and then it's like half-time, basically. And half, after half-time, it doesn't get much better. It says uh, Campbell does well centrally to play in Suarez, but his cross is effing S. Um, then, yeah, then, then Palace... Well, at the start, actually, start of the second half, I actually thought we were going to get back in this, I have to say, because we were on the front foot. We put in three crosses in the first 90 seconds of the second half. And I thought, he's had a word here, he's got it sorted out, we're going to get back in this. But my uh, my confidence kind of eroded as soon as, um, sort of a little bit, probably about five minutes into that second half, Zuma really should have scored uh, from a free kick heading heading wide when it was probably easier just to nod it in at the far post. And, um, and then we had that situation, similar similar to the booking uh, on Damo, Jednak got booked. It was probably fair that he got a booking. Um, but again, you've got to say the ref had let Chelsea players do similar for no punishment. And you know, and he compounded it seconds later by awarding a free kick against Dan for actually just winning the ball. So at that point, I just, you know, you just knew this wasn't going to go our way. And, and I've written in my notes, we've talked about this, and I'll spend a bit of time talking about it now. Zahar looked to me like the only Palace player who was comfortable on the ball under pressure. And one thing I will say about Wilf is his head never dropped. You could see the body language of a lot of the team was was very negative, particularly when we were 3-0 down. But Wilf's attitude and his, his play, to me, was just top class. I know you agreed with me a little bit earlier, Terence. Isn't that that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. He, um, his end product was awful all game long, but he kept got, trying to beat his man. I thought he had a decent battle with Ivanovic and Azpilicueta when he was switching over. Um, he got the best of them as much as they got the best of him. But again, it's just... It's, it's it's kind of difficult, I guess, when you know that you're crossing the ball to a lack of movement in there because Fraser Campbell's not very good at that for me. But, um, yeah, he was probably our best player. Yeah, I, I thought so as well. Just um, quick, quickly to go back to what we were looking at earlier on. 
In the last three games, we've had seven shots on target, but four of them were today, apparently. Uh, we, did, wow. we did. We didn't have a shot against. We, I, I was there. We didn't have a shot against Swansea. We've had seven, seven on target. Number one. Yeah. So, 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 uh, and we didn't have any today. Or well, we had. It's going to say we had one. Yeah. Pat, 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 Patrick, Patrick Bamford. Patrick so Bamford against Swansea. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Shot yeah, straight yeah. up. That's it. So that was the one against Four Swansea. Four today. So. Four today. Right. So we had twenty-two shots against. No, 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 no. On target, we had more. We had twenty-six shots in total. So we had twenty-six shots in the last. You're always watching punching. That's why you're missing these shots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm not having it. I'm not. Having it. <laughs> I know. Twenty-six <laughs> shots. No, not the punching thing. I'm always watching. <laughs> I didn't watch. Shot I didn't watch him after about fifty minutes a day. Because what I did, I was looking somewhere else and I could just hear everyone else shouting at him. So I knew he was doing <laughs> Let me tell you something. There's a, there's a guy, hey, there's a guy in uh, Block V, row seven, who, Gel, you and him would be best mates. He was coating punching every single time. Do something, punching. Do something. Every guy we got the ball. It was so ridiculous. It was so annoying the entire match. I really enjoyed that impression. I have to yeah. tell you, I'm <laughs> proud. I have to tell you about this old lady that was sitting behind me. I, I, she's in row 18 in Block D in the old stand, and she is hilarious. She must be late 70s, and she's got – well, f- I think she's she's almost blind because she's terrible <laughs> eyesight. And, and she also has a, like, a terrible memory because she's, <laughs> she turned around and said – she started moaning. I think, I, I think Campbell did something wrong, and she went, sort your life out, Campbell. And then someone must have said, it won't Campbell. And was, <laughs> and she said, it was Wilf. Saw your life out, Wilf. And then the next time, it was, he's, he's blood, Wilf, he's bloody lost it again. And they went, it's Campbell. He went, it, Campbell, stop losing. <laughs> I just sat there half the game laughing my head off. <laughs> Well, fortunately, Joe, she'll have a job at the FA soon. Yeah, but but Wilf Wilf has shaped his hair up like Campbell's, though. He's uh, obviously from from afar. They 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 have very similar body shape. So don't be too harsh on that. Someone had to go at uh, at Shamex hairstyle today, saying like like pizza board or something. (laughs) (laughs) Today, someone had to go at his haircut today. Yeah, I don't know. Did it change? Every single day. Exactly. You, you, you've made me upset, Joe. You sounded like my dear old Nan when you were doing that impression. I've just, I've just had to have a quiet, quiet period oh, of, no. you know, what a reminisce about my dear. A reminisce, a reminisce, yes. Anyway, reminisce. back in the cupboard, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> their shirt. If they don't tuck their shirts in. All right. <laughs> okay. So. um Again, another pivotal moment. I've talked about a lot of these today. Um, Campbell put Zahar through on goal. Could have struck it first time with his left foot, but hesitated, drifted a little wide, and by the time he actually shot, it was a tame effort. But, um, you know, it was actually a good move, good run from Wilf to get into the box away from the defender. Uh, good pass by Campbell. But just such a shame he wasn't a bit more decisive. Um, and literally, go up the other end. Absolutely awful defending. William left alone by Soiree on the... Uh, well, on their right, our left, of course. Um, but but <coughs> Hennessy just spills a, a weak shot out to Costa and, and Costa's just smashed him. Actually, I've missed out William's great goal before that. Oh, yeah. the, oh the, reason, the reason I've missed that out is because most of the language I've written on my notes I can't say. 
It says, William, William scores a screamer to emphasize that you have to take your something, something chances, something, 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 something erg. You're right. You missed so, the right before that. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was it. But yeah, like I say, then, then there was the, the... I think Hennessy has to do better for that, for the third goal, don't you think, Terence? Uh, you've missed out Kurt Zuma missing an absolute sitter at 1-0 at the back stick. I did say that earlier. He mentioned it earlier. Oh, you missed him saying it. My bad. In your face. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> it well, sounded better Patrick back. saying that than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what, what was the question? Uh, it was about Hennessy. Um, Hennessy. Should Hennessy do better? Do you know I haven't, I haven't seen it back? So ask someone else and then come back to me in a minute. Oh, All right, um, you'll get there. Well, Chris, I mean, obviously, it's it's the same mistake that McCarthy got benched for. But honestly, I can't kill him because you know, I mean, it happened. That's why I'm so upset. McCarthy got benched in the first place because you're going to spill a shot every once in a while. Remember, we talked about earlier when we said that he had spilled a couple before, but like Joe Ward cleared it, so it happens. But the third goal was a poor goal. But again, I'm not I'm not going to kill him because he's played so well a lot of late. Yes, yeah, and uh, you know, like you say, people do make mistakes. These things do. exactly. Nick. Chelsea broke forward really well, didn't they? There were there were at least three occasions where it was five on three in Chelsea's favour. I noticed them bringing the ball out, playing playing quick break football, which is what we used to do. Why why aren't we doing that anymore? Why are our midfield so slow in getting it, back? It's the players, isn't it? I mean, particularly the Balassi, players, who's Balassi out of that team, and it's as long as they've got God or Wilf, we find it hard to um, hard to break out at all. It's it really is the personnel. I mean, obviously, if Sacco's fit. You know, even if Kai Kai was fit, now we've called him back. You know, he, he's unfortunately injured. He could, have, you know, tried to take that position even off the bench. You know, um, I, th- I think we called him back because he was injured. No, no, we we called him back to hopefully play a part at some point. But, um, oh, was it? I, think, I don't think he's that far away from fitness. Just not quite ready yet. But um, I've, I've seen it now. <laughs> have you? What do you think? <laughs> Um, it's, it's his age-old problem for Hennessy. Um, we talked about it after the Fulham pre-season game. It, if the shot's too low sometimes, it takes him an age to get down there. The conditions are wet as well, so he's late on the ball and he's never going to keep hold of it with that sort of rain and, and that sort of you know, rainwater wet on the ball. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but well, he's, he, he, was, he was never going to hold it. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 a bad, it's a bad error. But at least there's rain to factor in the equation where it was McCarthy, he would have just... Dropped it anyway. If there was no rain, so. <laughs> easy, right, easy. Oh, that's so harsh. That's so harsh. <laughs> no, no, it's um, it's one of those things. No, it's already two 0 down. Obviously, it kills the game being three 0 It's probably killed the game at two 0 In all honesty, and there's not a great deal you can do about the Williams strike. It's just, it's absolute top class. You know, even at full stretch, Hennessy's not getting there. So, look, that that was it. And I've written at that point it was a bad day at the office. And then we actually um, made a few changes. We had Schmack on. For Campbell, which was pretty ineffective, and then Leon for Jedi, which was a very sort of like for like kind of substitution. And as I said, it was um, body language was very negative at three 0 uh, and which is totally understandable, but a concern nonetheless. If you if you're looking at a little bit fragile, but I thought we got it together a bit. Sort of later on into the game, there was a, a optimistic penalty shout in the 78th minute for handball against Terry, but unfortunately the ball did strike his chest as he leant into it, so um, nothing doing there. Uh, Dan got a booking for a, for a clear foul on Costa, which was fair, but again, not beautiful foul. It was, it was, he was so frustrated, wasn't he? I'll be honest, I cheered him. That was, and he took one for the team. That's what he did. He was away, gone. Yeah, no, I totally cheered him. It was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, after that, Johnny Esther on, 
I, and that was a big positive for me. And I'd like to spend a bit of time talking about him. I, um, obviously, he got a, a hero's welcome. Uh, and his first touch was a delightful chest down to Ledley, who then immediately passed to a Chelsea player. Um, <laughs> exactly. <I> mean, <laughs> right in front yes. of me. <laughs> Here we are. But, um, hey! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he was, um, I thought he was in, it was, it was a lovely little cameo from him. Just a nice little reminder of what he has got going for him if he, if he stays fit. And, uh, there was a couple of uh, little runs from him where, you know, they weren't going to get the ball off him. The only way we were going to lose the ball was if, when he gave it to someone else to give away. He was, um, it's very, very encouraging, and I've written in my notes, discuss him lots. So let's get a, a view from you, Patrick, seeing Johnny Esther live. Um, great to see. I loved the before the match, how we, people were, were singing for him. And I remember at halftime warming up, they did it again when he came on. So that was really nice. The thing that concerns me um, is that um, you guys made fun of me. I did go to see Forrest play yesterday against Charlton, and he couldn't get into that team. And Forrest is not very good. So I'm not sure what why Dougie put, took him on loan and he didn't get to play. And I'm just reading the uh, comments from Rich Corley in the South London Press about um, his playing time today. And uh, Paz basically says that he played mostly because he was, you know, we had no one else. He's got to impress me. So I'm really hoping, and I'm, I think most of us are going to be hoping that he can, he can do something in this one-month window for him to get, you know, a, a spot on that 25. But I'm not sure that he can. I love, I love what he did today. I love the little touches that he gave. I think it brings something different. What exactly, I don't know, but I really hope that he does well. But it was good to see him back, especially, you know, he gets injured so much. So it really was nice to see him back on there. And the crowd really, it was like the one bright spot of today and all the rain and, and, the, and, the, and the loss. So it was good to see him back. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that as being a bright spot. I just ran out of Haribo's. I put my hand in my pocket <sighs> and there weren't any. Oh, oh no. no. So I was just, I was feeling down. Then he come on. I was, I was all cheerful again. It made me forget like, my lack of sweets in my pocket. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I, 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 know really there's a, I know there's a lot of sentiment there. I, I do. There's a lot of sentiment. Right. A lot of people have written him off, in, including people on this show. I, I never have because I think it's very easy to forget just what a talent he is. Um, so I, I just, I, I don't know. Actually, no, we did get a, uh, a voice clip in earlier on on our app. Uh, if you want to go to, oh, I'm going to have to get Mikey to type the, the link for it in our chat. I'll tell you what it is in a moment. But we have a show app, which hopefully some of you uh, listen to. And you can use that to record us a voice message. And, um, and Tony Piers, often of this parish, uh, sent us a message earlier on about Johnny Esther. Let's, let's stick it on now, Mikey. Homestale Universe, this is Tony Piers, and here is my 21 seconds. The team were OK until Chelsea got their goal, but we're missing key players and it really showed today. Don't even get me started on the referee. Lee impressed me and it was nice to see Johnny Williams, but I'm not sure if he'll cut it full time. Chelsea showed us what they can do and it was a bad day at the office for Palace. Roll on Southampton. There you go. That's um, If you go to hlradio.net forward slash mobile app, you can download that app on Android or on the iOS. Uh, and you can record a clip like that for any time you like and send it into us. Or, you know, essentially you can record an huge, well, 21 seconds of abuse. It's quite similar to a song. Has anyone read what a quick game two put in about Johnny? He said a top five to eight Premier League club has to call back Johnny Williams from Forest to play in the first team. We are very weak. Well, see again, and like I say, that's that's not a unique attitude and not a unique comment, but um, it's one I think that does him a disservice because I think he's an incredible player. If if we can stay fit, I think people have forgotten just what an effective player he is, and it's understandable if he doesn't play. You know, it's, and like uh, Nick well, says, he, sorry, like Patrick says, he goes and gets um, couldn't get in the Forest team, but I, you know, it's Dougie. I wouldn't hold too many. Um, yeah, I got to say, they would have been selection way. policy. You know, two <laughs> defensive midfielders. 
Oi, oi, David what? Wright was what? an inspiration in there. Do not start. I used to like David Wright. It's interesting, though. Number one, half of the people in the ground today who didn't used to go probably never seen Johnny Williams before. Preach. But you're not allowed to say that because you're a snob if you'd say that. No, oh, I'm just God. saying. So they, would, they, they wouldn't know what we were getting excited <laughs> about. Um, there's some stuff in the chat room. Wholeradio.net forward slash C-H-A-T. <laughs> chat um let's talk about kai kai coming back um according to john the program seller in response to um quick games top five eight premier league club calling him back apparently said that he's never seen john yester play and he won't be near the squad but he doesn't know how true that is uh brinskill eagle said he did nothing special only the fans cheered because we had been overrun and it gave us a diversion from the beating we were taking well i call eagle 89 he always brings energy to the midfield. John yesterday is not cool legal. And he used to be able to see a pass that other, <laughs> that other couldn't. And nice, Premier nice. fan, JW's touch and control was superb. He exactly. should get more okay. chances. Here, here. I'm with you, Premier fan. Yep, agreed. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I say, can I say yeah, something on Johnny yeah, Esther? Is a, the sort of player he is, is exactly the sort of player that we need late in games for teams that are sitting deep on us for a nil-nil, i.e. that Sunderland game. He yep. he has a great he's a great outlet as he very rarely loses the ball and he probes very very well. So he just picks at them, picks at them, picks at them, and he did that very very well at Championship level. Hasn't been able to prove it at Premier League level because he hasn't really had any sustained period of fitness. <laughs> and yes, Nick, I'm going to say preach again because that is exactly right. Half these people were talking and never even seen him play. So shut up because if we ever got relegated, you're not going to come to games again. So I'm not interested in what I'm saying. I know that's not a popular thing, but still from day one of uh, when we got promoted and we played Lazio at home and I heard a conversation take place and it, the person said to the person, oh, I haven't seen you for ages. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I haven't been down here since the 2-2 draw against Southampton, which was the last Premier League game that we played. So mm. don't, don't share your opinion on a player you haven't watched. Yeah, I and, saw and the other thing he is... Was brilliant. Don't ever go at me for leaving four minutes early because the rain stopped and I've had enough. <laughs> you left early. And I thought I, I left four minutes before the end because I thought, actually, I might get back plastic. to the car before it starts piddling down again. He, he used plastic, Patrick. I'm not even <laughs> My brother left early and said to me, are you leaving? I said, leaving? I flew with 3,000 miles. Why would I leave early? I said, I stood to the end, capped him off. Are you joking? Leave early. Never. You must Never. have been one side. No, it's the other. We should have waved. <laughs> I should have. Hey, Joe. <laughs> the only ones there. I'm not in there. <laughs> <laughs> and those Chelsea people, those Chelsea fans, they did my head in as well. Oh, they were like, slagging oh, off the team so much and then cheering them this week. Exactly. A bunch of frauds. I mean, the worst, the worst part about him is, I mean, I heard someone commented on Twitter about they couldn't hear the Chelsea fans. I could hear them most of the game and they were loud. And they, they were, were singing, they were singing all, all the time. But the thing is, if they sung like that at Stamford Bridge, it would exactly. have an atmosphere. But they don't. Yeah, they they, they don't. come down to our hole, right? And so give like it they called it. Like they called it right. Yeah, and but the thing is, it's ours. It ain't theirs. And thanks yeah. for the forty-five quid. What have you paid? You plastic. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. But I see what you're saying about Terence as well. They said the crowd was twenty-four thousand eight hundred and saying today. I heard the fellow say it. So it was two and a half thousand Chelsea. Um, and then if you take off the fact that we probably had about thirteen to 15,000, well, say 15,000 regulars when we were in the championship, yeah. um, you know, we, we're nicking another 6,000 plastics 
we say mm. we've got a thousand corporate, we have got five thousand plastics come along every every home game. So, and the, and the half and half scarf for the photo, right? You know, I had to take a photo of this Korean geezer and his bird today, and he had an half and half scarf on, and I wanted to hit him with his own phone. <laughs> Not a thing to do. I know. But did just, he? Have, did it? Did he have a selfie stick as well? No, he did, <laughs> thankfully he didn't. He didn't. To, um, to address you. the whole plastic thing, it is worth mentioning, of course, that everyone has to start somewhere, and a lot of those fans, I'm sure, will end up proper fans. I'm sure they will end up sticking. Until we go down. Yeah, until we go down, exactly. Yeah, we go, when, when we go down, 6,000 comes off our attendance immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Immediately. And now I know some of that's to do with the fact that Barnsley are bringing freaking 80 and with them and stuff like that. I'll get that. But when you're actually talking that... In the first season, you'll lose four or five thousand home fans straight off the bat, and then for every season that you don't go up, it goes down and down and down. It's it gets to about twelve thousand. We've all seen it yeah. happen. Patrick well, Patrick took a couple of his family to Charlton yesterday and tripled the attendance. It was yeah. my son, and in in fairness, you know, call them what you want, they did have a decent turnout. But the thing is, they're, they're such they're so upset at the owners. They had a huge protest. There were a lot of fans there, and I feel bad for them because of the fact that. We could be them. So thank don't, you. Don't ever, ever feel bad. I know. Fans. Do you remember how they right. treated us when we were in trouble? <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're a bunch of bloody there's idiots. A lot of, there's a lot of, you know, Brighton fans weren't even as bad as that against us when we were No, in you're right, Chris. Yeah. You know, I take that back. You're right. You're right. I think you shouldn't forget history. You're right about that. <laughs> Exactly. They don't have any sympathy. Well, you, you know what? Like they might have, they might be able to start a rivalry up with Margate or something when they get demoted <laughs> through the league. <laughs> <laughs> or Whiteleaf. It's far away. was down now. Yeah, you, can, um, you can't, you can't even say Bromley because they're on their way up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bromley, won't, no, Bromley, won't, Bromley won't even care about them. <laughs> just to uh, just to sum the game up and 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 end it there, really. Um, the last moment of the game was sort of like a metaphor for the entire match. Schmack completely threw on the right-hand side and just smashed across way beyond Suarez at the far post. Kind of just summing up everything as the final whistle went there. It was a day to forget, really. Not too much positive to talk about at all. Uh, we'll just hear your four-word reviews in a, in a couple of seconds. Then we'll be back with the ultimate 25-man squad uh, where we debate or even debate. Uh, if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nathaniel Klein's 
inclusion. So, forward review time. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Forward reviews. Quentin Soldat, three games, no goals. Simon King, Poor Palace, weather, referee. Alfonso Greenbrook, Cabalat, Austin Ian. Chris Hopkins, drop puncher now, please. Adam Budgen? Sign a gold machine. <laughs> Carl Vera. Chris Marshall. Outclassed. Outthought. Outfought. Out to luck. <laughs> Phil Dring. My dog's breath smells. CPFC gifts. Or gifs? What do we prefer? Gifs. Oh, God. Can I read that? Kevin uh, Friend. Bias. Self-beeping. Ian Lyons, third game without scoring. That's very similar to Quentin Soldan's three games, no goals. Correct. Sam E. Blackwell, cold, wet, can't score. Stefan Gunn with two ends. Net is there, Wilf. CPFC Pete, how punch stayed on. Hashtag. Lisa. Oh, you hashtagged me. Right, as I said, Lisa. Lisa, Sorry. friend was our foe. That's very funny. <laughs> Rob. The pitch was wet. Charlie Steer. Don't shoot. Don't score. And finally, Tony G. 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 Friend makes no friend. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. We will choose in or bin, or as we did last week, we'll bottle it and just have a draw when <laughs> no one has to make any kind of a decision. I did threaten to get Clinton to um, to make the decision, but as was pointed out to me, would Clinton really want to choose Friedman ahead of himself into the... Um, unfair. Yeah, unfair. Yeah, probably a bit unfair, but we'll have a Can you have the casting vote on, uh, Dougie? Y- you should no, have me, uh, uh, me, me and Nick should have the casting votes. Well, no. I have, have votes. Um, <laughs> but no well, I, I actually haven't voted. All right, well, you three can can do it then. Right, not, let's not debate it. We've debated it. In or bin, please. Joe. Who, Dougie? Yeah. Yeah. In for the Stockport goal. We'd still be there. In a division lower still now, if it weren't for him. Uh, two yeah. divisions lower. We'd be, we'd be exactly. out of it. Nick, I hate you guys. I, I'll, say, I'll say bin... For being part of a team that had to rely on a goal look Stockport to stay up. <laughs> All right. Never did it at top level. Never did it at top level. But anyway, go on. Uh, and I wonder what, how this is going to go. Tell yeah, exactly. Deciding vote. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be really popular today. So I've, I've called I've called out a bunch of plastics. And now I'm going to say that the manager that everyone hates who thinks deserted us um, is, is, defi- is definitely an in. <laughs> Well, there you oh go, Dougie. He's in the other one. Oh, oh, right. Done. That's the decision. He, he saved us three times. He saved us three times. That's a joke, Terence. You're a joke, he mate. He saved us three times. It's been he left us baby. once. He left us once. Oh, Dougie Freeman, he left us once. He, he actually left us twice. twice. I know. How many times did he make what? I'm sorry, Stockport, his goal at Stockport is the only time I've ever cried at football. Dougie anyway, Freeman made me uh, cry. Anyway, All right, let's go to Nathaniel Klein. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
That he, uh, there's a lot of people talked about um, in, in the contact from everyone during the course of the week in terms of the fullback positions. Um, just to recap, actually, uh, of the players that have actually made it so far. Uh, goalkeepers, Nigel Martin and John Jackson. Defenders, Scott Dan, Kenny Sansom, Eric Young. Midfield, Wilf Zaha, Peter Taylor, Jeff Thomas. Forwards, Ian Wright, Andy Johnson, Mark Bright and Dougie Friedman now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on, in the bin, uh, Michael Hughes and Simon Roger sitting there looking very, very angry indeed. Uh, so we're looking at fullbacks. There's, there's three more positions for fullbacks. Um, yeah. So, um, hmm. Uh, I can't, just, just trying to go through all the people that were voted for earlier, but I've got to scroll through about 2,000 tweets, so I might not actually do that. Um, so it was it was Klein who was who was put forward. There was lots of people mentioning players like John Humphrey, uh, John Pemberton, uh, probably a fair few others as well that my brain's not really remembering. But Klein... Anybody mentioned mention Paul Hinchelwood? Uh, possibly, yeah. you just have. I was um, wondering. What about Friars? Zeki Friars. <laughs> no one is Zeki Friars. He's a left back. But anyway. No, it's, it can be, it's, a, it's a full back. So it could be anyway. Oh, it's a full. Oh, oh sorry. But anyway, Klein is obviously the current England right back, which um, was long overdue when it when it happened. It probably wouldn't have happened if he hadn't, been, hadn't made the move to Liverpool. So we know how the selection process goes for Roy Hodgson. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Uh, obviously a, a Palace Academy product a lot of people um, think an awful lot of him I've got my views but let's hear it from the gents, so start with you Patrick um, as you said the Academy product came through um, did an excellent job you know got the team. You know, I guess Warner gave him his, his debut uh, great player um, I think it would have probably still, I think he might be with us now had we not gone through the administration, you know, we had to sell him basically so um, uh, one of the better Fullbacks, I won't say right back, but I've ever seen play for Palace. I'm composed on the ball, excellent defender, and uh, overall, a uh, very good player. Like you said, he's in an England team now, so how could you not, you know, think of him as a top, top player? And so I think I know where your uh, vote is going to go. Terence? Maybe. <laughs> the other day, it is, um, know that app called Time Hop, and it sort of like feeds into your Facebook statuses and stuff like that. Yeah, I, was, like, I think I was, that happened yeah. on that day. I was raving about Nathaniel Klein after a few games. I've been like, um, I've, the new, the future England right backs playing for Crystal Palace. So I've, I've felt quite smug about that. You're a genius. I, I loved it. I loved Nathaniel Klein because every single time that we, if you think around that time that he played, we had a pretty bad defence. We had some very average players playing in there and the amount of times he had to mop up with his pace because everyone else was useless was amazing <laughs> and there'd be a through ball put through and you're like oh shit oh no it's alright it's Nathaniel and he's just and just run around the side of him and tackle him every time like, he, he was he was brilliant Nathaniel and the fact that he was the, the one of our own thing that we talk about now like actually one of our own came for our academy yeah and and he really has been the one who's gone on to become the top level player. So we all thought that Victor Moses would do it. Uh, we all thought that Zaha would do it when he's gone off to May United and so on. But Nathaniel Klein is the, the only one really who's actually gone bang. I'm an England regular now. I'm, I'm, I am the best right back in this country. I don't think anyone can argue with that. I'll go along with that. Uh, Joe? Well, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't add anything else. To, to the you know the what what the the plaudits that have come from you guys so far apart from one of the best uh, tweets one of the best football tweets <laughs> which, which, oh, he, yes. which he did yes. about three yes. years ago aimed at Millwall um, <laughs> off Millwall South London is ours yeah 
And uh, I, I see it. I see it at least once a day on my timeline. Uh, <laughs> retweeted thousands and thousands of times. Absolutely and classic. For that, I think he gets a little bit of legend. I used to think sometimes that he'd he'd, he'd get the ball and and he would be like Speedy Gonzalez to the halfway line, and then <laughs> be like. Do you remember Paul Parker? He used to play with QPR. Yes, QPR. Yeah. England. Yeah. He was their right back. Yeah. And what he used to do, he used to get run up the halfway line, get the ball, run up to the halfway line, and then look to his right, see Ferguson and go, oh my God, I shouldn't be here. And then pass the ball sideways and then leg it back to the edge of the penalty. Exactly. Yep. And that's what Klein yeah. used to do all the time. And then, of course, when he went to Southampton and he ran and ran and ran, cut inside, and then was unleashing shots, unstoppable shots in the top corner, I thought, hang on a minute. Where did he learn that? But so so he's he's going. What he's what he's been able to do is to completely um, is to improve as a player, not just be a, a one trick pony, you know. Um, and I, I, I like him. I always said I didn't think he was very good in the air, but then it's he's proved me wrong by you know by not having to be very good in the air. And at his size and height, you know, he's he's uh, he's excelled. So yeah, greatly. Yeah, and for that tweet as well. Um, yeah, so I, I like him. But we'll, we'll vote in a minute. Yeah, uh, Nick. The fact that he made his debut, and we, we talk about players bringing in young players in in dodgy positions. Uh, to have a seventeen-year-old at right back for so, for so long, for well, a year, obviously, because he'll be eighteen now. But you know what I'm getting at is <laughs> is to have somebody that young, that assured. We we always knew it was going to be on to greater things. Was it? Was it? Did he turn down and move to Wolves at one point? Um, he was offered a move to Wolves and he decided to stay um, with Palace. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation about why that was and how that all came about. Might not be worth getting into right now. Um, oh, but yeah, just, just something I seem to remember. But yeah, he was he was quality and it was it was he was the one that went to help avoid administration, wasn't he? With Moses, is that correct, or am I getting my times mixed up? It, it was it, he was basically given the chance to move to it for a very low fee by the administrator to Wolves um, and was advised by. Um, Warnock not to do so but the rumour is that he was also advised by his agent at the time that if he refused the move and the club went to the wall he could he could move for free or you know, <laughs> so it depends what you believe but he didn't leave he was given the opportunity to go and he didn't go so that, that's that's probably all where we should leave that um well, I didn't mean your entire comment but all yeah. oh, right okay <laughs> no but yeah so yeah just to sort of sum up your view yeah, I think he was he was class, and I wish he was still with us. Uh, Tim Green got in touch saying he should have had England call up when he was with us, mature and disciplined beyond his years. Best right back I've ever seen uh, us have for sure. Obviously, a lot of people um, at the time said he was the best player to come out of the youth academy since Kenny Sensiman, and all, all those kind of plaudits. Uh, I can remember the the obviously Warnock's very keen on telling the story as well that he just he just happened to be looking into the academy for players one day and. and no one had really picked out Klein as a as a big prospect, but he just saw something in him and thought he'd give him a chance. And quite how true that is, I'm I'm not sure, but um, he certainly <laughs> gave, gave him the opportunity. And um, yeah, um, my favourite story, uh, well, I say story, my favourite thing that that happened with regards to Klein was when he broke into the team. Sean Scanner was interviewed by what, I think it's Palace player or Palace World at the time, and was asked um, what Klein was like to play against uh, in training. And he says he just said, "Oh, one-on-one defending, he's like, he's, he's like a robot. There's something wrong with him." And I just really enjoyed that as a comment. That you know, it's just, yeah, that's, he was that good just in training that um, Scanner was convinced he was like a robot. So, um, but I, I can't really add anything more than the praise. And, and just to go by the, the list of votes, I'll go straight on to that. Um, 
it's something in the region of 85% of you, and there's a lot of you who got in touch on that, um, have gone for in for the for the 25-man squad. So my vote is definitely an in. I think we're going to get it across the board, but let's have a look. Nick? In! Jill? Jill? In. Uh, <laughs> a, mu- a muted in. A muted in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Patrick? In. And uh, I'm going to have to do an impression of Terence. In! You <laughs> <laughs> seem, seem to have lost it somehow. Uh, some sort of your, um, your Terence impression sounded exactly like Jill's old lady behind you. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> Weird. Never seen them both in the same room either, have you? Uh, um, no. <laughs> I've met both, so oh, okay, you're wrong. <laughs> you've met both the old lady and Joe or both Terence and... anyway I have met um... both the great and Friday night it was when it Patrick um, anyway was... uh, we, we, one thing we didn't do earlier was the man of the match vote uh, for in terms of Palace players which I'm sure not too many people have that thought about but it gives you an opportunity Joe to give your uh, your summary that you wanted to give earlier yeah just just very quickly the, the last time I saw us got played off the park um, like today was Newcastle. Remember when they beat us three 0 and could buy run the run the run the run it. It was three seasons ago, and it, and it was absolutely lashing it with rain. And it, it, I just sat there and I thought, do you know what? The way this is going, it reminds me of the Newcastle game. I really hope it, they don't clean us like they did. And it's exactly how it finished. I'm sure it was three 0 that game as well, um, where Sissoko was just was immense. But anyway. Um, Man of the match, it's hard because I thought there were two or three players that would that really run their bits off. MacArthur, I mean, he just he just does it as a as a fact. Even though he was completely overrun, there was a couple of times when he was surrounded by three Chelsea players and he got himself out of it and used the ball. And I and I really I really like that. I thought I thought Dan played all right. You know, he was up against a huge pace. And people don't realise how big these Chelsea players are. You know, I thought Oscar was a dwarf, and he really isn't. He's, you know, he's a, he's a big player. I thought, I thought they played really well. I thought Wilf was really good. Um, although, you know, they, are really, they're really good players. They watched the ball and not his feet. And that's why he was allowed to, you know, that's why he was tackled so much. and Didn't have as much joy as what he usually has. But um, I, I've just seen in our little thing here, the Twitter... Um, thing that's been put up in there. They said Chung Lee was was uh I, I gotta go with that. I thought he was energetic. I thought I don't think he you know I don't because he's not a standout player, they didn't mark him. It gave him a little bit of license, I thought, to to have a bit more of a run around. But he showed great energy in that first half and and I and I'll agree. I'll, I'll say yeah, I'll say uh, Chung Young Lee. That's I I thought it was um it's an interesting poll there. That's just to give a full reference to that as the um the man of the match poll we did on Twitter earlier on. Um, Young Lee got 42% of the votes. Wolf Zaha, 25%. James MacArthur, 16 And Scott Dan, 17 um, A lot of people also got in touch and said that they thought Ward was worthy of man of the match, which I was very, very surprised at that as well, because um, for me, he was caught out of position quite a lot and, um, and struggled at, at times. But there you go. It shows you everyone's got their own opinion. And, and, I, and I would pick Zaha over Lee. I, I genuinely would, because I thought Lee went missing for long periods. Of the game, um, despite the fact, um, as Joe said, he wouldn't picked up too often. But and that's not a criticism of him so much, in that because he just hasn't played much football. Um, and I thought it showed at times. But you know, we all get, we all have different opinions. Um, but for me, Wilf just didn't give up, and, and I, would, I would go with him uh, just for the attitude and, and the fact that he was pretty much the only player who was able to take the ball under pressure. Um, but though, you know, obviously, 
Couldn't cross it though. No, well, that's that's well, that's it, Nick. What was your view? I don't no. think any of them deserved it today. Sorry. No, fair play. Um, uh, I'm not going to ask Terence because he's got a very high voice. Wilf. There you go. I think he thinks Wilf as well. Uh, we, have to, we have to include Terence more often in his um, in his absence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick, you want one last little word before we say bye? Well, actually, I want to go man a match for us, if you don't mind, Chris. Um, yeah, no, so. yeah, you make a great point about um, uh, watching a match versus being there. And like I said before, I, I think my view is a little bit slanted because where I'm sitting in the offer at the halfway line, Chong Long Lee was on my side the entire match, whether he played on the right side, I think it was for the first half, and left side on the, on the second half. I didn't really see Wolf that much. So I really think that but I thought Dan had a good match. I think that Chong Long Lee had the best out of... Like Nick said it wasn't a great match, obviously, but I think Lee, for me, we man a match. I just thought he really did his best to become an outlet, you know, uh, give us some width, cut inside. I think he kept the ball very well, made some nice passing. So for me, it would be Chung Young Lee. And my last thought is this, Chris. I just want to really say thank you to not only you guys on this show, who I got to meet 99% of the young, because I didn't really meet was Alex White. Unfortunately, you guys have been fantastic. It's so great to be part of this HOF radio family. And just thank you to also the people that I met again, because it's been a fantastic trip. I fly back tomorrow. I'm going to miss home. But I won't miss you guys. I'll be talking to you on a regular basis. But so thanks, everybody, because it's been wonderful. And thanks again for uh, your friendship, your kindness. And I miss you guys. Aww. It's been a yeah, pleasure. You don't come back because we don't bloody <laughs> score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Say, I miss you most, Nick, by the way. <laughs> I'm joking, Patrick. It was a pleasure. I know you are, mate. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'll leave it there. There was a, actually, no, I'll tell you what. One last little bit. There was a comment from the comments on... Uh, Johnny Williams from Pardew after the game, which I thought were, were interesting. Mikey's put in our uh, little document for me here. Um, he talks about Williams saying, that's for him to try and push me. He's got in the squad today because we're short of players. That was the reason. I make no other odds about that. It's not like he's ripped the place up at Nottingham Forest. He still has a lot of work to do. He's a favourite player here, but I've seen zero of him. I love him, though, as a boy. We all do. That's one of the reasons the fans love him, because he has a fantastic personality and he needs to play well. Um, and obviously, this this that's pretty much it. That is his opportunity now to get himself in Pardew's thoughts. Um, I think the the little cameo he had. I think that's that's an ideal um, little reminder that he can actually operate at this level. He looked confident. He looked energetic. But he's got to do more than that. You know, we're a, we're a club. Do you think, the, he, uh, do you think he'll play in the Southampton game, Chris? I think he's got to, hasn't he? We, we've I think, got. I, think I, so. I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah, it's 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 a vital. It's vital that he gets an opportunity now. Um, and not just off the bench. You know, he's got to start and he's got to affect the game for 90 minutes to have any chance um, of really pushing on uh, Palace. So, But anyway, um, let's leave it there. It's been absolutely uh, brilliant to be back. Obviously, it's been a while since our last live <laughs> show. We, um, yeah, we're a week early for that as well, so I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Mikey for t- producing. Thank you to Terence, to Patrick, to Nick, to Jill, um, and, yeah, everyone. <laughs> Cheers. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Bye now. You've got a friend in me You've got a friend in me When the road It's the 90th minute All your mates around You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go Your mates already got booked for double dipping And you steal the last nugget Snatching all three points Perfect Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.